Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. Well, what a day. We could do that all the whole service, couldn't we? Amen. We are so glad that you are here today. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, and especially those of you who are visiting with us today. I saw so many people that I know Jerry wants to have an hour-long conversation with because he hasn't seen you for a while. Um, it is just great that you are here. Um, a bunch of you are distinguished, important people. Well, you all are important people. <clears throat> Sorry about the unimportant one. No. But there are a few people whose names I particularly know that I want to be sure that I introduce to you. Forrest Clausen, who is the stated clerk of our presbytery, is with us today. And Jim Zeiler, who is our representative from the Committee on Ministry at the Presbytery, is here. Robin Clardy, who is our presbytery moderator, is here. And we also have Sergio Prince, who is from Lisa Bartlett, the county supervisor's office, and he's going to be doing a presentation a little bit later. We are glad that they are here and that all of you are here. We have a friendship pad that is on each pew near the center aisle. We'd love to have you fill it out and pass it down the row so that we can know who was here with us today. If you are in a pew that has any room at all, could you, <laughs> could you move toward the middle because there are people that are trying to find seats. That might help them just a little bit. At the end of this Facing service, pardon me? In the balcony, there's room. In the there is obstructed view in the balcony back there. <laughs> okay. The cheap seats are right up there. That's okay. You can hear from there. Um, yeah, maybe not see. After the service, there's an, a reception over in Tankersley Hall. There are, there's a light lunch and there's cake for the children. There's bounce house and face painting. And if you want your face painted, you can do that too if you really want to. And so there's all sorts of things happening. We hope you'll hang around and, ha and have a morning of celebration after the service today on the patio and inside of Tank Hall. We had a new member that we welcomed in the first service, Manal Kerfoot. As Jerry's last Sunday, he welcomed and heard the vows of a new member. And so we think that was a delightful thing to have happen today. Jerry's Bible studies will continue this summer. This week he is still here for, through the end of the month. So Jerry will be leading his Bible studies this week. And you never know, there could be some surprises. 
this week at Bible study. Then we'll take a break for July 3rd and 4th, and then the staff will be leading those Bible studies throughout the summer. There is summer choir, which begins next Sunday morning. Uh, our summer choir starts rehearsing at 8 in the morning. You don't rehearse during the week. You just come at 8. You rehearse for half an hour, and you sound amazing by 8.30. It happens every single year. Believe me, I do it too, and it's just amazing what can happen in a half hour. So if you like to sing in a choir, if you think you might want to do it, try it. It's really lots of fun in the summer. Our vacation Bible school starts two weeks from tomorrow, and there is a little bit more room. If you have a child or a grandchild that you have not yet signed up, you might want to hurry up and do that. They also have a thing that out on the patio that looks like a fishing net, and it has some cards in it like this that are asking you to donate some things. This one says six boxes of Nilo wafers. One of them out there says 16 coconuts. So make sure you get that one. You can take some of those and bring those things next Sunday so they have them ready for a vacation Bible school. Uh, also, uh, let's see. there are a number of announcements in the life of our church that are inside of the bulletin, and you can find those and read those. Also, our longtime member who has fought a long battle against uh, brain cancer passed this week into the presence of the Lord. Jeff Brown died this week, and his service will be sometime in August, and the family's considering having that a private service. We haven't heard for sure yet, but we're not sure about that. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Lord, do you welcome us home? You are a good father. And you have sent your son to rescue us and to restore us to your family. This morning we respond to the invitation. We are here to worship you, to listen to your word, to sing your praises, to enjoy fellowship together, to affirm our oneness in the body of Christ. We thank you. May you be glorified in all we say and do. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. amen. Please join me for a call to worship. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, awake my soul, awake. awake o o harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to the clouds. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let us stand and worship the living God. Let's lift up this song, church. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures
great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. We will remember that. Let's sing it out, church. We will remember.
please join me for our responsive prayer of confession. God of mercy, you sent Jesus Christ to seek and save the lost. We, we confess, confess that, that we, we have strayed, strayed from you and turn aside from your way. We are misled by pride, for we see ourselves pure when we are stained and great when we are small. We have failed in love, neglected justice, and ignored your truth. Have mercy, O God, and forgive our sin. Return us to paths of righteousness through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let us now take a minute for personal silent confession. Amen. Hear the good news. Jesus Christ is God with humankind. He is the eternal Son of the Father who became human and lived among us to fulfill the work of reconciliation. He is present in the church by the power of the Holy Spirit to continue and complete His mission. This work of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is the foundation of all confessional statements about God humanity, and the world. Therefore, the church calls all people to be reconciled to God and to one another. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen. It is now time for the commendation by the County of Orange. I'd like to invite up Sergio Prince. Sergio. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Um, my name is Sergio Prince. I'm here representing the Orange County Board of Supervisors and particularly Orange County Supervisor Lisa Bartlett. And uh, I was telling uh, Jerry's lovely wife Kay earlier that when I was sent the information to put together this proclamation, there were literally volumes of information. And how do you condense it to one page? It was a real challenge, but I did my best. So if I left anything out, please forgive me. This is for Reverend Dr. Jerry Tankersley, a legacy of divine ministry. Whereas Dr. Jerry Tankersley is retiring after serving as senior pastor of Laguna Presbyterian Church for over 46 years, and it is highly appropriate at this time that he be extended special recognition and commendations by the public for his many outstanding accomplishments and achievements in divine service to God. And whereas during his 46-year calling, as a minister of the word and sacraments, Dr. Jerry Tankersley has established Laguna Presbyterian Church, which recently celebrated its 100-year anniversary, into a veritable lighthouse of the gospel. And whereas Dr. Jerry Tankersley has held numerous leadership positions in the Presbyterian Church USA, while also being an invaluable partner in the civic life of the Laguna Beach community and Orange County, as he was a driving force within many distinguished civic institutions and community organizations, 
and whereas while beloved locally for his tireless commitment to helping all those in need, Dr. Jerry Tankersley is also internationally recognized for his peacemaking and justice work with peoples throughout the world. And whereas under Dr. Jerry Tankersley's direction, Laguna Presbyterian embarked on complete restoration of its sanctuary when it was found to be seismically unsafe, overseeing the rescue of this precious and iconic downtown landmark through to completion. And whereas due to his profound spiritual leadership during his tenure as senior pastor, Dr. Jerry Tankersley leaves behind a thriving church filled with devoted followers of Jesus Christ in Laguna Beach who are and will continue to be a powerful influence for good in our community as well as worldwide. And whereas the high esteem in which Reverend Dr. Jerry Tankersley is held by the County of Orange, the city of Laguna Beach, Laguna Presbyterian Church, including generations of its congregation, as well as his colleagues and other individuals fortunate enough to know him throughout the world, stands as a testament for all those who strive for the very best in their spiritual, charitable, professional, and community life. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed that Orange County Supervisor Lisa Bartlett does hereby take great pleasure in congratulating Reverend Dr. Jerry Tankersley on the occasion of his retirement after 46 years of unparalleled service as senior pastor of Laguna Presbyterian Church, highly commends him for his outstanding commitment to working for the reconciliation of peoples, races, religions, and nations with his knowledge that the future of our planet will be determined by God's grace and the goodwill of all those who work for justice and peace in a fragile, troubled, and violent world and further extend sincere best wishes for continued success in all future endeavors and heartfelt prayers for a long, happy, and healthy retirement. Dated this 24th day of June, 2018, from Supervisor Lisa Bartlett. Thank you, Sergio. Thank you. My pleasure. Are you kidding? Give my love to Lisa. It's, it's an honor. And you'll, uh, you'll all have a chance to see this in the fellowship hall during our, our fellowship time together following service this morning. Thank you very much.
seems almost impossible to me that 46 years have gone by. When we arrived here, Kay and I, uh, we had been married for five years. We had a three-year-old son, Jeff, who's here on the front row. And now uh, Jeff and Rachel, we've seen them married here in our church. And um, I've baptized both of my grandsons, Quinn and Luke. And um, they have been a source of love and support in my life that is that has made it possible for Kay and I to live all these years and to do ministry in Laguna. Thank you, Kay, and thank you, Jeff. Um, love you very much. Held my son when he was... <laughs> when he was five months old, six months old at the La Cañada Church, and Gary Demers baptized him, and uh, then to have the privilege of seeing our son married and uh, to have these two beautiful, handsome grandsons. Thank you, guys. I want to read to you this morning uh, two passages of Scripture from Paul's letter to the Second Corinthians, uh, to the Corinthians, but it's in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. In chapter 5, verse 11, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others. But we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died, and he died for all, so that those who live might live no longer for themselves but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has become new. 
All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, word of the living Lord, source of all creation, speak to us anew this morning. Give to us a glimpse of the new creation that is already here and that is working its way out in our lives, in the life of this congregation and larger church and indeed in the whole world amongst the nations. Thank you that we can gather to celebrate the good news of the gospel. It is in the name of Christ our Lord that we pray. Amen. Well, who would not want to have a long list read about themselves (laughs) as was read like this this morning? I think the Apostle Paul would have loved to have a long list read in front of the congregation in Corinth. He probably never had such a list because most of his life was exceedingly difficult. And yet he left us letters. He interpreted his mission and these very well-known metaphors. He spoke of himself as the aroma of Christ. For some, a fragrance to life, and others, a fragrance to death. And he knew that. He spoke of himself as a letter writer. And he was busy writing a letter, but the deeper truth was that God, the living God, the Holy Spirit, was writing a letter through Paul into the hearts of the Christians in Corinth. He spoke of himself as a clay jar filled with the treasure. He lifted himself up before the congregation as an ambassador for Christ. And he wanted his churches to know this was true for them all. Aroma of Christ. A letter of the living God. Clay jars, vessels that contain the gospel. Ambassadors are representatives of God to one another and to the larger world. That is really humbling when you think about that. Clay jar. Some of my pastor friends will remember the day 
when the presbytery was meeting and one of our retiring pastors was receiving the traditional gift of a clay chalice to take and put on the shelf and to remember that he'd been a pastor in the church. And as it was handed to him, it slipped out of his hands and it fell to the floor and shattered all over the floor. That may happen to me in September, but I hope that I will hold on tight. <laughs> the moderator very quickly assured him that another would be provided. But it was a good reminder to all of us that as servants of Christ, as ambassadors for Christ, we contain in our very humanness the treasure of the gospel of God that is a treasure beyond all treasures. Even the angels of heaven long to proclaim the gospel, the privilege of being entrusted with the message of the gospel into such earthen vessels that are vulnerable, that are weak, that oftentimes are characterized by fear and trembling and feel totally incompetent. God entrust us. To hold the very message of the Creator God who created everything good, declared it to be very good, and who never gave up on the human race, kept coming to us, speaking his word to us, claiming us, working to bring us back to himself and us to one another, that we might be a lighthouse, that we might be a people of peace, that we might be a people of justice and righteousness. Even in our failures, our gross mistakes, our unintended actions, our intended actions. He loved us. Nevertheless, He loved us. And He continues to love us today, and that's why I can stand here as a clay vessel and proclaim to you the treasure of the love of God. You know, our lives have a way of following us, and if you've ever done anything and had it posted on the internet, you know you can't escape from your own history. The story is often told, and Stu News came this past week to do an interview for the, for the Stu News report this week, and uh, the journalist, the first question that she asked me was about the article that was written about me by Westmont College back in 2002 when I stood for moderator of the General Assembly. They had asked to interview me, and they especially wanted to interview me about one of my failures in my earlier ministry. I thought to myself, well, at least my name has not showed up in the police blotter. <laughs> But if you look for your name on Google, you'll probably be surprised to find what the world knows about you already. 
And so I explained again, and, and I remembered that the General Assembly in the 2002, the theme of that assembly was from 2 Corinthians 5. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. When we were at Pittsburgh Seminary, Sam Kelly and the, the president of the school said, Jerry, you've got to tell a portion of that story of your life. There's a, there's a missing couple of years that I haven't been able to figure out, and you've got to tell that story. And in our covenant group that I'm in with John and with others, we, uh, we debated whether or not I should tell the story on the floor of the General Assembly. And sure enough, it was asked me there about the grace I had received in a time of my own brokenness when I thought my life was over, when I was weak and vulnerable, and I knew that only God could do for me what I could not do for myself, and that is restore me. past six months I've been doing the Ignatian prayer exercises again with the Jesuit priest over in Orange, Father Patrick Howe. A wonderful man about my age, praying together. He's been a leader in the Roman Catholic Church. He's a Jesuit. We've become really good friends. First day in his office, I saw a book on the bookshelf with his name on it. He had written it. It was entitled, Reducing the Storm to a Whisper. Reducing the Storm to a Whisper. And it was about his early priesthood experience of having a nervous breakdown and being hospitalized and suffering from mental illness with the question whether or not he would ever get well. I thought to myself, it it took a lot of courage to write a book like that and to tell your own personal story of salvation, of how God, through many people, through psychiatrists and psychologists and medication and the church and through the continuing arms of love of his church that held him tight and has allowed him to be a a great leader and blesser of the Roman Catholic Church in the Seattle area in particular where he's on the faculty of Seattle University. We've had a lot of good laughs together. I've been here with you long enough that you know I'm a clay vessel. I don't have to remind you of that. And I stand in this place by God's grace alone to proclaim the good news because I treasure the gospel and I want nothing more than to proclaim this good news to heaven and earth which the angels long to proclaim the story of God's salvation that chooses to work through people like you and like me who have been restored, who've experienced the balm of Gilead, who are still in the process of being made whole and more like Christ.
So we are ambassadors for Christ, and ambassadors are, are representatives of the kingdom of God, and we have known many ambassadors. I asked the question in the class on Tuesday morning, you ever known an ambassador? And very quickly, one of our class members said, yes, and I didn't like him at all. <laughs> he had no character. He had purchased the ambassadorship, and he didn't have any idea of the people to whom he was to represent the United States. Didn't speak the language of the people. Was not easy to get along with. I think of the Apostle Paul sharing about himself as an ambassador for Christ. He said, I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But the grace of God overflowed for me in Christ Jesus and he has made me an example for all who would come to believe. Paul never escaped what it meant for him to be an ambassador for Christ. He lived out of God's grace and love. It sustained him over and over. And many of the experiences he had, he said, I was afflicted but not crushed. I was persecuted but not driven to despair. And just about everything that could have proven his weakness. He said, I have a thorn in the flesh. I ask God to take it away. He hasn't taken it away. I've had to learn, he said, that God's grace is sufficient. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. From time to time, he used to visit my old mentor at Westmont College, David Hubbard, who was later became president at Fuller Seminary. Dear man of God. And I was amazed in visiting this guy who seemed to have everything put together, brilliant in every way possible, that he had on a plaque on his wall, and it was written, my grace is sufficient for you. That's true for every last one of us. When you think about it, we have been commissioned to tell the story of God's salvation, to live it out as faithfully as we could. This is not cheap grace in which we stand. God's grace is costly. It cost him the life of his own son who became totally identified with the brokenness of our lives because God is, has known our need and has seen us with the eyes of compassion and has moved toward us to restore us over and over again. And he places us in a family like the church, a church of broken, wounded sinners who are all in the process of being healed. And here he lets people love us. And I, I accept God's love this morning through you. I know the truth, and so do you. We are but sinners saved by the grace of God, and every Sunday we gather this to remember and to celebrate, to have a party, if you will, around the great message and treasure of the gospel. This is why the painting picture is on the front of the bulletin this morning. It's my favorite picture. 
I have two prints of it, one's in my church office, one's at home in the entryway that I got in St. Petersburg at the Hermitage. I treasure the painting of Rembrandt, the return of the prodigal. It's a family story, and I think this is what Paul was talking about in being an ambassador of reconciliation. It's a story of a father who had two sons. Don't read much about the mother in this story, but this is a father. has two sons. Both of them were lost. The younger one was the prodigal. He demanded part of his part of the estate. He took it off, ran to a distant country. There he squandered what the father had given him, his portion of the estate, and he ended up feeding pigs. He thought to himself, you know, I think my father's hired hands have it better than I have it here. I misused my freedom. I've separated myself from the father. I've wished my father dead. Maybe if I return home, he'll give me a job. Certainly not restore me as his son. So he went home, bedraggled, beaten up, barely clothed, obviously ill. The father saw him dragging up the long road to the house. He'd waited a long time and prayed for this son of his. And he ran out to his son and he threw his arms around him and welcomed him home. He was so excited, he shouted, send out the invitations. We're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate. This son of mine who was lost is now found. He was dead, but he's now alive. And I've welcomed him home. This is grace. He gave him the ring of of kingship. He gave him the royal robe and he didn't just welcome him back and give him a job. He, he restored him as his son. God's amazing grace. The elder son who had been home all these years, when he saw what was going on, he refused to come to the party. He was filled with so much judgment This seemed like a form of divine injustice to him. You never did this for me. You never gave a party for me and my friends. But this son of yours who squandered his estate in riotous living with prostitutes, who knows what he's done? He comes home and you give him the whole house. The father said, my son... All that I have is yours. You've always been with me. I welcome you. Don't you understand that this brother of yours who was lost has been found? This brother of yours who was dead is now alive. We've got to celebrate. Come on in to the party. I don't know if he came or not. But this is the message of reconciliation that we have to communicate, to proclaim, and to live amongst the nations that once we were lost, now we've been found and we're welcoming everyone to come to the party and celebrate the goodness of Almighty God. It's hard to live that parable because sometimes I'm the elder brother Sometimes I'm the prodigal. 
Sometimes I'm even like the Father. I like to be like the Father with that spirit of grace within my life. You know, the world we live in, the church that we serve in, it's still broken. And we have such difficulty just in getting along, in speaking civilly to each other, and of affirming one another as brothers and sisters involved in the same enterprise. Our nation is deeply polarized, turned to tribalism. The fissures are so deep, we wonder, can anything be accomplished again in the United States of America? What we need to know is that God is calling us as a church and as a nation to not only be reconciled to God, but to be reconciled to one another. Not to forget and smooth over our differences, but to deal with them and to work for reconciliation, for the healing of the world. You have been the joy of my life. Second decay and to Jeff, and to these guys. You've all together made it possible for me to persevere and to seek to be faithful along with you. You've never let me down. Thanks be to God for his goodness and for the privilege of serving you in the gospel of the kingdom. It'll go on, and our paths will part, but the same Lord will travel with us each and with all of us. The story is not yet complete, but the day will come when it will be complete. And all of heaven and earth will shout, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord, in humility, we accept the affirmations and love from one another, the flowers, the food, the prayers the walking along beside of, the laughter, the tears, all the joys and sorrows of what it means to be human. We love you. And because you love us and you loved us first, we are able to begin to contemplate what it might mean for us to truly be a lighthouse of God's reconciling grace. Help us along the way, we ask in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Please stand with me and let's affirm our faith. Words from our confession of 1967 and our book of confessions, major 
theme of the confession of 1967 is reconciliation, we read responsively. To be reconciled to God is to be sent into the world as God's reconciling community. Christ has called the church to this mission and given it the gift of the Holy Spirit. The life, death, resurrection, and promised coming of Jesus Christ has set the pattern for the church's mission. His human life involves the church in the common life of all people. His service to men and women commits the church to work for every form of human well-being. His suffering makes the church sensitive to all human suffering so that it sees the face of Christ in the faces of persons in every kind of need. His crucifixion discloses to the church God's judgment on the inhumanity that marks human relations and the awful consequences of the church's own complicity in injustice. In the power of the risen Christ and the hope of his coming, the church sees the promise of God's renewal of human life in society and of God's victory over all wrong. Thanks be to God. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering.
He's always been faithful to us, church. We've celebrated that this morning. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing that third verse, Pardon for Sin and Great is Thy Faithfulness. God, we give you thanks for your reconciling love with which you embrace planet Earth and for your call upon our lives to follow you in meeting the crying needs of our world. Give us courage to continue to be your reconciling community in the midst of human suffering and need and to use these gifts for your purposes in this world. We are grateful for your good and faithful servants, Jerry and Kay, and the great gift that they've been in our lives, in the life of our church, and in our community. We thank you for those early promptings of your spirit that stirred their hearts to consider this call to Laguna Beach, and for your persistent grace that led them through these years of service with us. We thank you for your presence with them and with us through times of worship and study together, of service to the community and to the larger world, of great laughter and celebration, and times of heartache and struggle. Our times are in your hands, O oh God. This week as this pastoral relationship comes to an end, we entrust Jerry and Kay to you. We ask that you will fill them with fresh vision and with joy for this new season of life. And we entrust ourselves and our church to you. Look mercifully upon us as we seek to live into your direction for our future. We thank you for their presence in the Presbytery of Los Ranchos, for the church these past 50 years, as long as the Presbytery has existed, and for the 50 years before in its predecessor groups, and for Jerry and Kay for almost all of that 50 years. Thank you for their partnership. Thank you for this church's part in the Presbytery's work of bringing the gospel to Orange County in Southern Los Angeles County. 
And thank you for Jerry's many contributions to the work of the Presbytery, both in councils and in energizing folks to do what they hadn't imagined they could do before. But thank you most, both for Jerry and this church, for who they were in your eyes before they ever were a part of the Presbytery or the PCUSA. We give you thanks that this church, this church that we see as Los Ranchos Presbyterian Church, a 501c3 in the state of California, you see as the body of your son. And we give you thanks that the Reverend Dr. Jerry Tankersley, who we see as a minister of word and sacrament in the Presbyterian Church USA, you see as Jerry, child of the covenant, washed in the waters of baptism, called before the foundation of the world, and sealed in the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, who came and lived among us that we might have life forevermore. As this church and Jerry and Kay go forward into this new phase of life with you, we ask that even as they go forward, you would draw them back into who they were when you first declared them to be them. And we ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art, who art in, in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Would you please be seated? I'd like to call forward Beth Penny and Virginia Grogan, who have some presentations. I realize that I would be remiss if I just didn't take this moment after being a member of this church for 33 years, meeting with Jerry for the last 27 years on every Wednesday morning, almost without fail. I wanted to thank personally Jerry, I wanted to thank you, and Kay, I want to thank you. You have been sister and brother at a time when I needed sister and brother. You have been as mother and father when, at a time when I needed mother and father, and you have both been mentors and pilgrims with me on the journey. I would not be the person that I am today had it not been for God at work through you at a very particular moment and season in my life. Uh, Jerry, I believe it was a family camp, and I was 33 years old, and you said, I was leading worship with a little praise band, and he said, do you think you could do this on Sunday morning? <laughs> and I said, sure, because I was young. <laughs> and so for all these years, God's grace has been poured out, and I'm so thankful. So Jerry, if you'll come, and we have a couple of gifts for you. One is this book. It's our boasting about you, as Paul would say in 2 Corinthians. 
And it's, you are our letter. Here, hold it. It's really heavy, actually. It's almost, <laughs> it is heavy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I want to open yeah. just, Virginia, maybe you can help me. These are the letters that you have all written to Jerry and to Kay as your love letters to them. And they, uh, and some of you had drawings and paintings. And so they're all in this book. And um, Jerry, it's, it is, it's our boasting about you. And you and Kay are our love letters as well as us being yours. So enjoy reading those. I confess I've read them all several times. <laughs> they're beautiful and they're very <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to do this. And I need to add just another word. These 46 years would have been impossible for me uh, without the strong support, love, and affection of our staff, of Steve and Kathy, who have uh, supported me and affirmed me and encouraged me along the way. And we've made a wonderful team together. So grateful for you and all others who have served with me. Well, Jerry, there are absolutely no words that could express the depth of affection that this congregation has for you. And there's certainly no amount of money that would um, express that affection. But we have assembled a small love gift for you, and we ask you, humbly ask you to accept it with the deep, deep love and affection of all of us. Thank you. Well, I don't know about this or what's in here, but I know something's been going on and you've all been very gracious. Uh, thank you, thank you. Beyond money or words, you have enriched our lives beyond measure. Thank you.
hope you will all come to the Fellowship Hall and enjoy the food and the bouncy house <laughs> and the fellowship and see some, some, some pictures from our life together. Now, in life and in death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, go in peace. Amen. Thank you.